Hey y'all, this is Byron. I uh, just want to put something out there. Yes, I am a mental health therapist. And yes, my couch is quite comfortable. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a certified or licensed mental health therapist. So though I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to me and hopefully gain some information and insight about what's going on with you from listening to this podcast, Take the time to seek out mental health resources in your area if you so need to. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. out about the block party and I needed help, so. But we had a conversation. I know, and I didn't involve you. Yeah, but you still got my man to do you a favor. And it all worked out, right? That's not the point, Issa. You deliberately went behind my back. I mean, I was very clear about how I felt, but I guess what, that didn't mean anything to you? Because, Molly, you were willing to let me fail? Over what? Some random rule you made up? It wasn't random, I was setting boundaries. Molly. You knew how much this event meant to me. You saw me at We Got Y'all, you saw me struggling, and you decided your new relationship was more important than doing me one little ass favor? Nigga, you stay needing one little ass favor. Why are you doing this at my event right now? Is it that serious? Hey, hey, we don't gotta do this, guys. We were just having a good time. Yeah, I mean, I was over there wobbling with your shady ass meanwhile you were stabbing me in the back. Stabbing you in the back? Molly, this is OD. I don't have time for your drama. <laughs> okay? You keep starting shit. You keep making up problems. You keep focusing on shit that I need to fix when you need to fix your fucking self. Bitch, do you hear yourself? Nobody has more drama than you, Issa. Okay? You need to figure out your shit and stop using people. You use Nathan, Andrew, me, who else? Guys, let's not do this here. See? You are so miserable. If things don't work out with Andrew, it's not gonna be because of me, girl. Fuck you. Fuck me, I've been stopped fucking with you. I should have dropped your line ass a long time ago. You still the same selfish bitch you always been. Molly, get your finger out of my fucking face. What you gonna do? What's she reaching oh. for? Now, bitch, get a gun! He's still the gun. Is it a knife? Is it a wallet? This is my life! Oh, niggas can't have nothing! Shit. Come on, let's go. Where'd your accent go? Nigga, I'm from Philly! that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you probably shouldn't argue in public. Yep, that's probably why you shouldn't argue in public. Welcome back to the Captain's Couch. I am your host, Byron Taylor. Thank you all so much. 
And we're back once again to give you a little bit more of this. I want to say madness, but um, organized chaos that is working in my brain um, that you are receiving a podcast form. So we're back once again on the show and we're going to follow up and continue on our discussion from last week where we talked about um, friendships and how maybe your friendship might be unbalanced and some warning signs that things are in a lot of trouble in your friendship. So um, we pick up where Issa uh, and Molly have their big blow up argument at the at Issa's block party. Um, and we'll get into how we can, as friends, communicate and deal with our conflict without all of the excess drama. Um, and a few little tips and some certain situations that we definitely have seen in the show that might also help you out as well. Some aren't completely involved in that you are not all conflicts that you might see in Insecure, but there might be some conflicts that you might have been through in your friendships. So we're back here on the couch, and this is session number 40 on the Captain's Couch. I am I am so blessed and thankful to see how far this podcast has come, and I'm also very proud of myself that I've been um, willing and able enough to be consistent in bringing y'all this content. Um, you know, I know for folks who uh, were following my dating blog, I have been much more consistent with the uh, the, the podcast, mainly because... I have more topics. I didn't have near as many dates to actually talk about when I was doing the dating blog. Um, Naora did mention to me and I probably, and I still need to actually do this is like do an update on the dating blog. Um, obviously still in a relationship. Um, it's been a, been a few months since we've seen each other because of the Rona, but um, new year's was, was, was awesome. Um, so yeah, um, we are almost at, 15 months now so yeah um but yeah i need to probably do another video on the dating blog also to mention the podcast for people who were following the dating blog but don't know that i have a podcast which i'm not sure how that is a thing or possible but anyway so we're back on the couch and we actually got a five-star review this week i'm excited to read this and it's uh from an old friend so um I'm going to play this um, because I'm sure she expects me to play this knowing me. Um, Alexa. Sorry, wrong room. Amazon. Play These Are the Times by Drew Hill. These are the times by Drew Hill from Tidal. Now, I feel like maybe I should have played Cisco, but oh well. So this five-star review is from Additional 04 via Apple Podcasts. Hilario. It says, uh, Byron has an uncanny way of taking pop culture and breaking it down to relate to real-life situations that help people. In particular, black people who typically do not seek help seeing ther- through therapy in a way, in a more relatable and approachable way. Oh, oh, uh, who don't seek out therapy, help see therapy in a more relatable and approachable way. He helps to desensitize the stigma of therapy in our community 
and help people feel more comfortable in showing feelings as well as dissecting them. Kudos, sir. Thank you, Ariel. I very much appreciate it. Thank you for the five star review. Shout out to uh, to the old high school days riding in the Regal. Amazon, stop playing. But now, this is for another certain lady um, that I'd be thinking about you all the time, morning, noon, and supper time. You know who you are. That's right. So, we're back on the couch. Um, shout out to um, folks that reached out reached out over the past week. Shout out to Rayshona. I uh, appreciate the love, homie. Um, shout out to the homie Quan. Um, of course, Marion every week, you know, with the retweet. Appreciate the love, everybody. Um, hopefully, you know, last week's conversation may have resonated for you guys and maybe some of your friendships or just from watching Insecure and how these characters are kind of, you know, relating to each other. And, you know, I know Jamel Hill got a lot of flack for what she said, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I can't defend what Jamel said. You know, I, I don't see it that way. I, I do feel like, yes, Issa might have been wrong for asking somebody else to ask for a favor from Andrew to circumvent Molly. However, Molly was dead wrong in a myriad of different ways in this situation. Um, one, not really supporting Issa and wanting to let Issa fail. Um, but also, two, like feeling as though she could control every avenue to Andrew. Even with even if that included Nathan. Um, and that's one thing that I might mention as a situation that's kind of on how you kind of handle how how you may handle one of these scenarios. And that might be especially because one thing I have noticed for sure, and I'll get to it and I'll mention it when I get to the different scenarios. So we want to start off and we're talking about um, conflict within friends and how we can work to communicate without the drama and how we can work to kind of confront um, how we can work to confront conflict with our friends. Um, so we'll start off with this article from um, psychology today, which is entitled confronting uh, confronting conflict with our friends. Difficult situations are sometimes necessary. Um, you know, Rick and I did the podcast a few weeks ago and, you know, Rick and I talked about, you know, the kind of difficult conversation I had to have with him in college about, you know, getting stuff together and committing and doing his own work, which, you know, for his own benefit in school. Um, so it can be difficult for us to get the courage to confront a relationship issue. So um, even in even in our friendships, it can be difficult. Um, unlike family relationships, you know, that are, you know, fostered by blood or by law um, most of our friendships are one that we choose um, through a level of reciprocity through history through shared connections through shared networks um, when we have friendships they may be a little bit more you know tenuous that we maintain because a much a bunch of different variables may be involved that bring these friendships together that are different than our family relationships or, you know, even our marital relationships. So when we want to do, when we want to address a situation with our friendship, here are some basic rules of communication and conflict mediation that we should put in place. And 
Molly just broke like two of these right off the bat. Uh, well, actually, three of them right off the bat. Um, so first things first, let your friend know that you would like to have a discussion about your relationship. No one likes to have this kind of thing sprung on them. Now, this is also on Issa as well, because there was a set time where they were going to discuss their their issues. But Issa didn't come directly to Thanksgiving for pie time. And then Molly also was extremely passive aggressive and kind of blew her off also. So you had a set time and you didn't actually stick to the set time. And that's another issue we'll talk about later on. Um, so instead, you have a very impromptu conversation about this, which also leads into the next one. It says, choose a time and place that is agreeable for both of you and be sure to choose a neutral place or as neutral of a place as you can. You might feel awkward sitting on somebody's couch and drinking wine when you're trying to address feelings. Um or, you know, you might feel uncomfortable in your favorite like restaurant, which is another thing is that if you choose a public place like a like a park or a restaurant or a coffee shop, it is also likely to keep the conversation more genial and less likely to result in strong emotional responses, uh, whether it would be by raised voices or tearful outbursts. So if we're using a public place in order to talk about our issues and resolve it you're still you're you're using that as a means to try to maybe divert or ward off any like really really strong reactions um you know the thing is like trying to do as a neutral place as possible because you know there may be those really strong issues or really strong feelings that may come out so i mean maybe therapy might be a more healthy place for you too um, go and address your friend issue, friendship issues. And hell, I mean, therapy actually would probably be a good idea for Issa and Molly together to resolve some of their unbalanced um, kind of reactions to each other and the unbalanced kind of nature of their relationship. Because one thing I do wonder is how tenable will this relationship be as the season goes on or if next season happens and Issa is not the messy um always in need friend that molly is used to and she has more autonomy and more kind of power in her professional and personal lives that molly has kind of always had in her professional life but is now growing in her personal life is molly going to feel threatened by that and how does that change the dynamic of their relationship or if the relationship even lasts you know the thing that i think i have noticed in this show is and i'll give the show credit for this is that the the ancillary characters around the people who may have the drama and the issues do a good job of still kind of maintaining their own personal relationships with those people, whether that was Molly and Dro and everybody else kind of being cordial to Dro who was cool with him, like Lawrence and um, like Derek and them. Um, Issa kind of kept her distance, but also wasn't like in his in his stuff or maybe mistreating Molly or anything. So the next thing we look at is, and this is how this is a big thing in conflict resolution in any type in any form. And in most, in almost every scenario, this is one of the go-to things that we talk about in therapy when it comes to conflict resolution is using I statements, always use I statements. It is important to focus on how you are feeling and what you are thinking in response to your friend's behavior. 
Um, a report. Uh, one thing to remember, though, is throughout the course of friendship, always own your feelings. It is not OK that um, somebody may cancel um, plans after you've already had, like, you know, raised a babysitter and all that stuff like that. And don't spend months, you know, seething about it, or thinking about it. It is OK. Um, understand maybe next time it'll work out. Um, but if you save up all your frustration over time, it is likely to get the best of you, which is kind of points back to what Molly did over Thanksgiving is that you've kind of been building this frustration with Issa. It, it really feels like it, this frustration with Issa really has been building pretty much since Issa and Molly got into it about Nathan and Issa being upset of, you know, Molly not allowing her to handle the situation herself. Um, so these things have been building up and building up and building up over time. So instead of them actually talking about it, you know, uh, Molly's been sitting on a lot of these feelings and Issa has kind of as well. So the next thing you want to do is listen to your friend. Listen to what your friend has to say uh, once they've opened up about your own concerns. So listen to what your friend has to say once you've opened up about your own concerns. Um, your friend might not realize the impact that she is having on the relationship. Um, we want to work towards a compromise. Um, and for some people, and Lord, and I just had this conversation several times um, today. I mean, not today, several times this week. That compromise means a lose-lose situation because each person has to concede something. That is true. But every healthy relationship involves compromise and adjusting to the other person's wants and needs. And friendship is no different than that. For a friendship to thrive, it makes two. It takes two people to make it work. So you got to be willing to give a little to get a little, even in your friendship. Next thing we want to look at is if your friend isn't buying into your perspective, you may want to take a step back and see if your own assessment is as objective as it should be. If the two of you are reaching a stalemate, then you need to decide if your friendship value is high enough to accept the relationship's uh, limitations. And also, uh, we also want to remember this thing here is that there can be multiple realities at play. Uh, what you see and believe is your reality. And the same is true for your friend. So what you're seeing and what you believe that may be happening and going on is your personal reality. But also remember that your friend has their own reality that may be happening as well. Um. A, an important thing to remember here is throughout the course of a friendship, you always need to own your feelings. And they, that's listed twice on this article for some reason. I don't know why. Um, last thing in this article says that the real issue is a problem behavior. Um, like your friend may drink too much or they may party too much or they're always in need of money or um, some other challenging behavior. Um and your friend doesn't have any interest in changing, you need to recognize that your wishes won't make changes happen. Um, you can change no one but yourself. Not everyone wants to be what others want them to be. And you may have to decide, and, and, and if that's the case, if the problem behaviors are happening and you know your friend is kind of devolving and it's hurting you and it's hurting your relationship overall, it may perfectly and it's perfectly okay to do this it may be time to really step back and
take stock in what value the relationship still has and make a point to draw a line in the sand and cut your losses and say it might be time to step away. It's perfectly okay. And I don't think that we'll have that moment where with Molly and Issa, it's going to be um, they draw a line in the sand and they're not friends anymore. I just had a very interesting thought, though. So I think what's going to happen, and I think we see this so far, is that tonight's episode, because I'm recording this at like 530 on Sunday afternoon. So tonight's episode, we're going to focus on Issa and her aftermath after the block party and how she's handling things with Kelly trying to push her to resolve things with Molly. I think next week is going to be the flip side and maybe it's Tiffany who's trying to get Molly to resolve things with Issa. But I have an interesting perspective because we're getting little nuggets that Tiffany might be dealing with postpartum depression. I, I, I'm wondering if and I hit my microphone accidentally. I'm wondering if that something maybe scary happens with Tiffany that may draw all of them back together and may be the the tipping point or the triggering point for Issa and Molly to start working things out together. Put a pin in that. If I'm right, yeah, you're welcome. Put a pin in that. That's an interesting thought I got going on there. But let's keep going. Let's look at, um, actually, let's look at, no, 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 let's look at this. Okay, so let's look at conflict with friends and 13 ways to communicate without the drama. Because um, definitely we had so much drama that happened in um, this last episode last week. So I'm really getting to see what happens tonight, um, tonight's episode. Um, so what we want to do is we want to, you know, take some time to examine ourselves. And think about exactly what we want to communicate to our friend and what to deal with what conflicts that may be happening with us. Um, so this might be some retread of some of the things that we talked about a minute ago, but um, we'll say it in a couple of different ways and it'll kind of break each one of those things down. So we talked about it in more kind of broader terms. So let's break those terms down in a little bit more individual way. So first thing is. Think about whether this needs to be said right now in this moment. Um, so in that case, when we look at what Molly did, no, it did not need to be said at that time and at that place. Um, the number two thing is think about the other person's state of mind. Is he or she tired, under stress, or not in an ideal place to have a heartfelt talk? So the answers to that would have definitely been no because my, uh, Issa was obviously stressed and I was tired and worn out from organizing this block party. So it wasn't a really good time to have the conversation. Um, number three, consider if you have a good handle on your emotions. And I don't think either one of them did um, when it came to that conversation. Um, number four, hold off on the confrontation if you feel the time is not right. So it, I understand Molly felt a lot of different ways. But yeah, it definitely was not the time to have that conversation. And even if she wasn't messing with Issa, and if she was mad with Issa, she could have literally just said, peace out, we'll talk later um, and had the conversation later. Um, number five, focus on breathing to help control your emotions. That's something that that's a tip that we kind of that 
I talk about often in therapy with my kids. And it's one that I need to work to drive home more to some of my younger clients is focusing on your breathing to help control your emotions. Because when you're noticing what bodily symptoms or what, you know, what physical, you know, physical kind of symptoms, not even symptoms, but signs that you are going through in your body when you're getting angry, whether that's breathing hard or fast or feeling your body heat, you know, whether your ears are getting hot or your face starts to get flush, you know, you're sweating, your heart's palpitating and beating really fast. If you're focusing on your breath and trying to keep, you know, your breath calm, it also can help you slow down your reactions and be more mindful in what you're trying to say. Um, next we want to look at keeping your perspective broad and realistic. Um, don't place too much importance on one single talk. Most of the progress in relationships come from a series of discussions as they unravel naturally. Try and stay in the moment and minimize added drama by bringing up old or unrelated issues, which (laughs) we definitely didn't do that for sure. Number seven, listen more than you talk. It is fine to be heard, but if you're not listening to other people's responses, the discussion is pointless. Um, and I don't really know if either one of either Molly or Issa did a good job at this. And I think I know in some of the arguments that I've definitely had to endure in my time. Um, I don't I'm not sure if. I, I, from my estimation, I felt as though I listened equally as much as I talked, but I also felt like I talked more because the other person did not necessarily listen to what I was saying and was constantly trying to talk over what I was trying to say. Um, number eight is avoid adding unnecessary drama. Um, these are things, these things that will help fix a problem and ultimately bring more hurt involved. Um, these are things like ultimating, yelling, um, threatening to cut off the friendship, name calling and personal attacks. And yeah, that we definitely saw that where, you know, the, the, the conflict started off with the one issue at hand of, did you ask Nathan to talk to Andrew for me, uh, for you? And then it it blew up in the name calling and threats. Um, which <laughs> as you heard at the end of the clip, you know, made it sound like that Molly was going to shoot Issa and everybody got scared. And then all the black people started, started talking about, oh, you know, uh, like, is it a gun? Is it a wallet? I don't know. I can't tell. Is it her keys? And then the old black man talking about uh, these Negro, well, niggas can't have nothing. <laughs> and this just runs off. <laughs> it was funny, but like, I mean, it's very. This is a very black centric. Ah, it's a very black centric joke, you know. Especially because you, you know, it is it, an extremely black centric joke. I mean, it was funny in that moment, but at the same time, it's like that's kind of sad. But it's funny. It, you know, it's that um, that uh, kind of dark humor that we as black people have because of all the injustices that we've dealt with. Um, number nine, you want to focus on the per- on what the person is trying to communicate. Um, so the article says that I'm often reminded as a parent to listen to my child's words, not necessarily the emotion behind them. Emotions are fleeting and rarely final. 
They're simply a temporary reaction to the current situation. Number 10, you want to acknowledge the feelings. So if somebody's hurt, you know, you can better understand, you know, the sharp and harsh words that they may be saying to you. Um, you can choose to help them deal with those emotions or let them regain their composure to talk another time. Um, number 11 is take a realistic assessment of your true feelings of your own true feelings in that moment. So, um, when we take it, taking stock of our assessing our feelings, right? Try not to distort or add unattended nuances to the words that other people may be saying when you're upset. Um, really sit back and kind of think to the self, like, how did I come to that conclusion from what I said? How did you come to that conclusion from what I said? Um, if you find the other person saying that, um, so that is a classic example of our ability to inflict the worst hurts upon ourselves. If you realize that um, you are upset and you try to hear the words uh, being said um, without running mental commentary, you know, those things can come out much clearer if you're not doing that. Um, so if you're listening to the person and you hear that person say to you, how did that how did you come up with that? conclusion from what i said you're not really listening to that person but also you are not having a fair assessment of your own feelings and you are trying to kind of distort the other person's statements um because you're you're not really dealing with the conflict the conflict very well um number 12 is you want to clear emotional fog enough to receive the message um, if you don't need to ask for clarification or even repeat what the other person is saying, I mean, if you need to, if you need to ask for clarification or even repeat what you think the other person is saying, do it. Um, but at least make it a point to say that, OK, I'm confused. Is this what you're saying? And allow that person to clarify um, as opposed to saying like, OK, I'm confused. You are saying these things. You know, now you're really kind of projecting your own personal feelings as opposed to listening to what the person is saying. And the last thing, the last uh, tip that we want to mention here is that know that most well-established relationships can weather the occasional conflict just fine. Um, and I think with Molly and Issa, this might be one of those cases, but this is probably like maybe the third or fourth like major conflict that I think they've had. I mean, they they have one like w at least once a season and the other the first three seasons, they've been able to bounce back pretty well. I think with this season, it may take them a while to bounce back on this one. Um, you know, because the thing is, you know, it said the article says that it could be an opportunity to grow and evolve as you turn a new corner of understanding one another. Um don't avoid expressing how you feel for the sake of preserving a friendship. The foundation of all relationships is grounded on honesty and trust. It is okay to show weakness, to be wrong, or to just plain melt down from time to time. Each person has something to give and something to learn. Conflict must be considered the way to pass along such knowledge. Every challenge with another is an opportunity to better our response. Um, 
They gave us the chance to practice patience, respect for others, detachment and compassion. The added benefit is strengthening our relationships and our ability to communicate. So, again, this is where we talk about not seeing conflict as a bad thing, but as an opportunity to learn um, and to challenge ourselves and how we respond to conflict and how we can respond to future conflict by um, challenging the ways that we respond to conflicts that may have not resolved things well or that gaining further understanding of how we're handling conflicts can help us down the road. So let's start wrapping up today by looking at um, another article from Psychology Today entitled Eight Sticky Friendship Situations and How to Get Out of Them. So we're definitely, I'm definitely going to look to highlight some of the, the situations that we've seen in Insecure. Um, so the first one is your friend is too busy to make plans. They break plans and they can't be counted upon, which we've seen this season. Um, so make sure that your friend is aware of what they're doing. Let them know that they're disappointed, that you're disappointed in them and then ask them to be more reliable. Um, you know, and, and in Molly's, Molly and Easy's cases, it would have been probably better for them to be more understanding of kind of where each other was going or each other's perspective outside of their friendship and know that they were both really busy in their professional, um, kind of situations to be more kind to each other if they were struggling making plans together um number two um you can't stand your friend's boyfriend or spouse so i'm gonna go over this one and so here's the deal and here's the fix that the uh the article suggests and this is written by um dr uh Dr. Uh, Irene S. Levine, um, the friendship doctor. So she suggests that it is your friend's partner, not yours. And you don't have to like them. What attracts two people can be hardly quantified or understood. Um, if you don't like her choice, try to carve out ways to spend time together with her without him or the other way around, whatever combination it is. Um, you can say how you feel, but don't try to talk her out of how she feels. Of course, if you think her choice of partner is self-destructive, let her know and try to be there for her, which, you know, I, I will leave some room for, you know, abusive situations where you are like constantly trying to, you're like, well, you're definitely trying to convince your friend out of that situation where, you know, they may be fully aware that they're in a very abusive or volatile situation. I will, I will give you situations like that that allow you to maybe just maybe press the issue with your friend and really be there for them um try to support their decision but at the same time let them know that you know this this person is not good for you and i fear for you i fear for your safety um certainly my friends um did that for sure for me um my family did as well um but one thing i do notice in this is that like with this one in particular, I look at the situation with Dro and Molly. Issa never really interjected herself in that situation, at least towards Dro. She might have talked to Molly about how she felt about it for her, but I don't think she ever really addressed Dro with how 
I think you should leave my friend alone because you're playing him. And I might be wrong. It's been a minute since I've seen seasons two and three. Um, but I will definitely say for sure that with Molly, with Nathan, she made it a point to um, not really let Issa handle the situation and basically spoke up for Issa, um, which definitely was kind of a boundary um, uh, that she kind of crossed on that one. That instead of, you know, just being like, she's not here, um, you know, you kind of have not been there for her, I'm, you know, and I don't necessarily like that. She made it a point to be like, you know, she don't want you to come around, which wasn't really want wasn't really what Issa was really wanting. Like Issa wanted to know where he was and wanted an explanation. So by, you know, Molly telling Nathan, like, don't come around or whatever like that. You were kind of, you know, robbing Issa a little bit of closure that she was kind of wanting from that situation. So problem number three, I'm going to skip that one. It doesn't necessarily apply to the show, but well, you know what? I'm going to talk about it because, wow, actually. Anyway, um, this that one, this one actually did kind of hit home a little bit. Actually, I didn't even think about that. Um, number three, your friend is infantile and you're pregnant or the inverse. Um do everything you can to be sensitive to your friend's feelings, but the difficulty she's having may be so painful that it is hard for that friend to be around you. Um, continue to be empathetic. Uh, refrain from talking about children and childbearing consistently. Don't be surprised if she needs some space. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to leave that at that. Um, number four, um, your friend, you and your friend were attached at the hip and now you have nothing to say to each other. And we definitely are seeing that in this season of Insecure, um, for sure with Molly and Issa, um, your lives may have become so divergent that the friendship isn't what it once was. Friendships have their ups and downs and few of them last forever. See if you can figure out what's going on by talking about it. If it is a matter of you and your other friend or both of you having changed, try to maintain a more distant connection without cutting off the friendship entirely. Um, number five, you feel like you and your child are being excluded by a group of mothers. Um, yeah, this, that one doesn't really have much to do with the show, but I'll read it anyway. Um, Oof. Shout out to my child. Um, the only thing more painful than feeling left out is feeling like your child is being left out as well. Um, see if you can talk to one or more of the parents to see if you can maintain a relationship um, with your friend apart from the group. Um, it might also be wise to meet other, you know, parents who have children. Um Number six, your colleague with whom you are close friends with is taking advantage of your friendship by slacking off on their work. Um, well, this might have been uh, pertinent to like Molly and Frida. Um, you were recently promoted and made her supervisor. Yeah, I think it definitely does kind of actually uh, um, more like Molly and Frida, even though I mean, uh, Issa and Frida. But of course, Issa left. We got y'all, though, so. Which I'm actually kind of sad because we haven't seen Frida and I like that character. Frida was cool. Um, it's unfortunate what she's doing. Um, to preserve your friendship and maintain productivity at work, you need to speak to her and clearly define your expectations of her performance in the workplace. Um, which I think Frida had to do because of the situation with the one 
principal at the school where, you know, it kind of fell back on Issa and Frida had to kind of come down on her a little bit. Um, number seven, you were introduced to your best friend by another friend of yours. And the two of them are no longer included. Um, the, the two of them no longer include you in their plans. Um, although it feels rotten, friend poaching happens more often than you might think. Perhaps the two of them just hit it off. Um, you can see if you can maintain a relationship with one or the other of the two of them. But unfortunately, if you can't, you may need to just find a new friend. Um, now, and that's one thing I said, like, like I mentioned, like uh, Insecure does a really good job of like even in these friendship groups where there's friction between two people in this circle of friends. They all still do a decent job of being civil and, you know, cool around each other for the most part. You know, whether that's Lawrence and Issa and their issues or, you know, Naisa and Molly, Dro and, you know, Dro and Molly, um, Tiffany and the girls, you know, they still do a decent job of, you know, kind of still being cordial and civil around each other. Um, even though we are seeing this breakdown this season where Issa's kind of being excluded from some things with Molly and like Tiffany, like where the the what we talked about last week, where Molly basically made the decision to do stuff in the house and Tiffany's house without Issa being there and then not really telling her. Um. So the last thing is that your friend has dumped you without an explanation and you need closure. So after friendship has gone south, it is nice when two people have a common understanding of what happened. And why? But that is not always possible. Sometimes friends don't give us the opportunity. Um, you can let the dust settle and try to talk to your friend again, but um, you may need to achieve closure on your own by letting go and moving on. Um, I've had friendships that I often wondered what happened, um, but you know, I'm okay with you know, we left off, I guess, on decent terms or whatever, and we just drifted apart or, you know, we just, we needed to disconnect because things weren't going really well. And, you know, I just had to kind of go our separate ways a little bit. Um, we'll see how things pan out with um, Molly and Issa. Um, I don't, I don't think that this show is going to be written in a way. And I'm pretty much sure we got a teaser of, them actually talking and that's where they talk in the restaurant that we've been seeing all season um where Issa's like really loud in the restaurant and she's like oh my bad i didn't realize i was that loud so i'm i'm imagining that that's where we're going to get the conversation where they're going to try to resolve things um but i can see that not happening for at least a couple of episodes so we'll see what happens tonight um where we'll see kind of Issa's perspective on the kind of fallout from the the argument and from the black party we'll see what happens um yes ma'am so with that being said guys thank you so much for listening to the captain's couch it's a little bit shorter episode but i'm good with that um i feel productive i feel like i got what i wanted to say out the way um we'll see what happens in the episode tonight and i'll see what we can what kind of topic we can tangentially uh add on or talk about um next week from the show um i might actually maybe talk about ghosting since nathan's back so hmm, 
yeah, we'll see what happens tonight, and we might talk about Ghosted next week since uh, since Nathan the Friendly Ghost is back <laughs> from Houston um, and back on the show. So um, remember to drop uh, feedback on uh, social media, um, on Twitter, at Captain Ingenuity, at the Captain's Couch, uh, or at Captain's Couch. Um, and, of course, uh, at Captain Ingenuity on Instagram. Um, and check out the Facebook page. Um, and we will be back next week with more of this lovely podcast entitled The Captain's Couch. Uh, I got to catch up on the New Day's podcast. Um, but thank y'all. And we will check with y'all next week. Peace. Congregation, would you turn your text to the book about cast? Chapter 2, verse 1. The first one to feel me. Jump up and make a joyful noise. Use our cast it. Meaning, now you have a choice like that. Don't let them taste you. You'll be waiting.